Welcome to the Law Firm Culture 2.0 Show, where your questions help the legal community build progressive, productive, and profitable workplace cultures that work for everyone by leveraging the power of authentic relationships. I am your host. I'm Camila Exum, a former attorney and relationship ICU patient, and currently I'm the principal consultant and executive coach at Exum Consulting, where I'm a relationship jogger training for the triathlon. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another edition of our show. I hope you're learning all sorts of things so far and maybe even applying what you've learned to your work life. That would be so great. If you haven't shared experiences with any of our listeners so far, stay tuned because you never know what's coming up next. Ready for today's question? Let's get into it. Today's question comes to us from Heather. She asks, is it reasonable for me to set a boundary? A partner called me into her office the other day to discuss a memo I wrote for her. Her assistant, Mrs. Chandler, was in the office with her when I got there. The partner, Ms. McNamara, tore my work to shreds. It was very embarrassing. I kept a straight face almost until the end when I broke. I couldn't help it. I don't think Ms. McNamara noticed the tears in my eyes, but Mrs. Chandler definitely did. Anyway, I escaped from the office and went into the bathroom to reclaim what was left of my dignity. Then the door opened and Mrs. Chandler came in after me. She yelled at me to come out of my stall. She then told me that I needed to grow up and pull myself together or something like that. I was dumbfounded. I absolutely could not believe that this woman followed me into the bathroom. I don't know if she was trying to help me or what, but it came off super aggressively and way over the line. But she's older than I am, and she's been here forever. and She might as well be my boss. I really resent the way she came after me, but I'm way too intimidated to say anything to her. What do you think I should do? Heather, wow, I can't believe it. Uh, Mrs. Chandler really wanted you to hear what she had to say. Not even a bathroom door could impede her passion for communication. I understand that you're intimidated. Uh, If it were me, I might be hiding under the desk or something uh, myself. But what if there were a way to draw a line against her unwanted behavior without having to confront her immediately? Hmm? Sound appealing? Well, it is your lucky day. If I had a siren, I would set it off. This week's tool is just that. It's boundaries. Hey, now, wait a minute. Have I lost my marbles? How can Heather draw a boundary without confronting Mrs. Chandler? Why, it's simple, my friends. You see, a boundary is not so much about telling someone how to behave toward you. Boundaries are more about committing to yourself how you will behave upon a triggering event. So to illustrate the point, we're going to take a look at the children's story, Little Bunny Foo-Foo one that continues to horrify me to this day. You remember, little bunny Fufu is scooping up field mice and bopping them on the head, right? Remember that? Now, for some reason, there's this good fairy, and she's stalking him, following him around on this adventure, and she tells him, you know, if you keep harassing the mice, if you do this three more times, I'll turn you into a goon. Well, 
naturally, because we like to torture children with the worst possible outcomes in our fairy tales, little bunny Fufu continues to harass the mice. This goes on until little bunny Fufu has received his final warning and, you guessed it, bops the field mouse on the head anyway. What happens next? He goes on to live a nice, quiet life in El Yunque rainforest in Puerto Rico. Now, the good fairy turns him into a goon. Now, this story is really the stuff of nightmares, but it's actually quite illustrative of how boundaries work. So the good fairy knows that she can't control little bunny Fufu's behavior, right? We've talked about that on this show before. She can ask, but that is process, not outcome. What she can control is what she will do in the event he does not comply with her request. So with this heartwarming story in our minds, let's coach. Heather, you asked what you should do. We're going to do a little exercise here. So take a moment, take a few deep breaths, and try to bring yourself into the present moment. When I ask the following question, I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? What do you want to do about Mrs. Chandler? I'm asking Heather this question because I don't really have any idea about what she's contemplating. I'm not really sure what she wants to do because she says she's intimidated. So I I make up that that means she's contemplating doing nothing, or maybe it means she's going to avoid Mrs. Chandler. But I'm, I'm starting here because I'm just not sure. Heather, if you had no fear and you were able to act as your authentic self in this situation, what would you want Mrs. Chandler to know or do? Remember that your authentic self is the unique open-hearted version of you that is not afraid that others might judge you. How could you express what you want in a way that feels reasonably comfortable for you and that is also likely to result in her hearing you? What media would you use? Who else might you involve? Now here we're checking in with our general authentic self questions. You know, we start most of our coaching sessions just like this. We do this to get at the most evolved answer for Heather, which is always the one that is going to drive the workplace culture we're working to create. And that's so whether she decides to use it or not. So now for purposes of the next set of questions, we're going to pretend that Heather's authentic self wants to ask Mrs. Chandler not to repeat her behavior, but let's say that she's not sure whether or not she wants to express any resentment. Heather, what do you fear might happen if you were to ask Mrs. Chandler not to follow you into the bathroom again? What do you fear might happen if you were to express resentment? How could you prepare for and protect yourself against the consequences you attach to those outcomes? Who else might you involve to support you either on the front end or the back end? What's the best thing that might happen if you were to express the resentment and or make a request? These are our fear questions. What's the worst case scenario and how do we plan for it, right? Followed by the potential positive incomes that we find ourselves often ignoring when we're focused on the fear. Now, if Heather's answer to the initial question I asked when I ask her to clear her mind and tell me the first thing that comes to mind, 
If that answer is different than what her authentic self would do, then we'd go through this process again. I'd run the same fear questions relative to that response. So for instance, let's say she was contemplating avoiding Mrs. Chandler. I would ask something like, what does she fear might happen if she were to avoid Mrs. Chandler and so forth? Okay, so I wanted to get clear about all of our usual questions before getting into boundaries for a couple of reasons. So first, boundaries plus action tend to provide the most peace of mind on an intrapersonal level. So I'm really curious about whether, even though she's intimidated, Heather has any interest in acting in confronting Mrs. Chandler now. Second, once we know what Heather wants, it's pretty easy to know what our boundary is. Now, this next set of questions assumes that Heather is not ready to talk to Mrs. Chandler about what happened, but that she wants to prepare herself to have a a thought-out response should similar behavior occur in the future. Okay, makes sense? So she's not really ready to fully follow her authentic self just yet, uh, and we know what that means. That means asking Mrs. Chandler not to follow her into the bathroom, but she does want to take steps to help prepare herself for doing so in the future. So that's where we're going to start. Heather, it sounds like you'd like to set a boundary, meaning you'll decide now what you will or will not tolerate from Mrs. Chandler in the future. Is that right? What would you like the boundary to be, keeping in mind that the boundary is about what action you will take should Mrs. Chandler cross it? Here, even though Heather said she wants to prepare herself with a thought-out response, I'm just double-checking. I want to make sure that she wants to set a boundary, and if so, what she wants it to be. It's what I understood her to be saying, but I'm just probing for clarity. Heather, what will you do in the event Mrs. Chandler crosses your boundary? How will you prepare yourself for the potential outcomes and manage any low emotions afterwards or or other consequences? Now, depending on how Heather answers, we might need to work through her authentic response and the fear analysis around the boundary as opposed to whether to confront Mrs. Chandler like we did earlier. So we might have to work through her response around the boundary in order to determine what she's going to do. Remember, it's always okay if you're not ready for the authentic response, but it's important to know what it is because that's what you're working toward in terms of workplace culture. Thanks for listening to the show. Even if you never send us a question, you're still contributing to elevating law firm culture. Why? Because I know that you're taking these tidbits with you when you log on to work every day. But do send us questions. Don't be shy. We want to hear from you. Email us at info at eximconsulting.com. That's info at E-X-U-M as in Mary, consulting.com. And if you are interested in crafting a trust building strategy or doing some coaching with us, give us a shout out at the same email address. We would love to work with you. Time for my two cents. Setting boundaries is paramount to healthy relationships. 
Step one is to think through the boundary and ensure it's what you want. Then step two is to communicate a request to your coworker. After all, ultimately, we do want to let people know how to treat us. Something like, Mrs. Chandler, I went into the bathroom to be alone. Please don't follow me in there again. Third step. Now, this one is only in the best case scenario. You can state what will happen if the boundary is crossed. Now, this is a lot easier when the boundary is eating your vegetables and the consequence is no dessert. In our case, Heather might need to go to Ms. McNamara or to HR as a consequence, and that could sound like a threat to Mrs. Chandler. So here I might reconsider taking step three the first time Mrs. Chandler crosses the boundary after Heather has said it. That's why I didn't include it in our coaching. Now, if the bad behavior continues, that would be a different story. So often we don't set boundaries because we don't want to risk offending others. It's a people-pleasing tactic so that others won't judge us. But setting boundaries is a form of self-respect, and boundaries are about you, not others, no matter what Mrs. Chandler might think. Let's normalize open communication and mutual respect already, yes? And that is it for the show today. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Bryant McGill. You best teach others about boundaries by enforcing yours. Yes, well said. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Until next time.